Hey, this is The Chic Strategy, the podcast about all the things beauty, fashion, and style. So grab your beverage of choice, settle in, and let me, Tuesday, and my co-host, Yvonne, teach you how to be the glam in the room. Hello, and welcome to The Chic Strategy. This is the podcast that helps you be the glam in the room through beauty, fashion, and style. I'm Yvonne, and I'm here with Tuesday, and we are your hosts and fellow chic strategists. We do have a guest this week, and we will be introducing her very shortly. Um, But first, Tuesday, how are you doing this week? I am doing fairly fabulous. (laughs) fairly fabulous (laughs) I feel like it's fabulous with an asterisk like okay okay yeah no I mean overall it's been it's been a good week um but I I just I'm just having the hardest time getting used to working full-time again this whole working situation yeah this whole working situation like why do I have to do this Um, (laughs) bills and shit yeah pretty much I will tell you, I didn't realize how hard it was going to be to get back into the swing. Like I haven't worked a steady full-time job since the pandemic started back in 2020. Um, and yeah, it's, it's taken a toll on me. I don't want to laugh at you. I'm not laughing at you. Please let's have some light fun out of this because I'm exhausted. My girl needs a nap. Yes, I'm tired. <laughs> oh my god, I I'm not laughing at you. I'm just I'm just laughing at the fact that I knew this was gonna happen. I knew this was gonna happen for you. I was like, there's gonna come a point where Tuesday is gonna be like, f this work. I don't want to do this. <laughs> I don't want to do this. Why do I have to do this? I knew this point was coming, and I was I just thought it was gonna come a little sooner than it did. So. I think, you know, I've been trying to be very resilient and strong and, you know, remembering the greater good. And I'm just like, "Mm, you can take that good and just shove it somewhere because I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. So since you're doing fairly fabulous, um, all right, well, how are you this week? I am also, well, I was hungover last night what yesterday i shouldn't say last night yesterday wait 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 we have had this conversation here on the chic strategy before Mm. um how old are we now (laughs) 49 still 49 we're still 49 see here i am giving a young woman who i work with all this advice about how not to be hung over the next day because she's coming up on a birthday where she's going to be doing a lot of imbibing mm-hmm. um, anyways and telling her not to drink and drive and call me if you need anything like don't leave you know she's like oh it's gonna be at my house and you know blah blah blah, blah. I'm like great well don't decide you need Taco Bell at one o'clock in the morning call DoorDash you know like all the things mm-hmm. sit between drinks and don't take Tylenol afterwards and you know like all the things and here you are <laughs> twice your yeah. age twice her age apparently I'm a slow fucking learner um I was at a party I texted you a picture of my outfit you did in the dressing room fabulous no asterisks no thank you (laughs) thank you thank you um 
I had a big, I had a long day. I was running around all day long. And then I went to go do hair for the person whose party it was. And then, um, and then ran, raced home, got ready. And then did, really didn't, I did eat, but I didn't eat enough. And then dinner came and of course I ate, but I, I always am like, oh, drink, drink, drink. And then I didn't drink enough water. And then by the time I thought about it, it was too late and it already caught up. And so, yeah. So yesterday I was hungover. It wasn't horrible though. It wasn't Not horrible. Like I need McDonald's right now. Kind of hungover. <laughs> No, my husband went golfing early in the morning and then he called me and then I was, I mean, it was only like 1030. So I was like, yeah, I'm still asleep. Or I was trying to be asleep. And I was like, can you bring me a hamburger? And he's like, okay. So he did. And I was able to eat it and not be like, oh God, I think I'm going to die. No, I was just able to like eat it and like, oh, yay, I'm better. And, but I just was like more tired and more like, I don't want to do anything, which is kind of like how Sunday is for me anyways. So it was just coupled with the fact that I had drank a little bit too much the night before. So, well, honestly, I love it for you. I love that you're having all this, these yes moments. Um, Oh, because I have decided that I am leaning in to, um, being, I'm leaning into the bougie as I go into 50. I'm, I'm leaning into it. Is this something new? Did I miss something? <laughs> you are not new here. You are not new here. <laughs> Apparently I am the one that's new here because <laughs> um no, I just have like decided. I, I think I just was not allowing myself. Were you in denial? Correct. Correct. I was trying to be like proper. Let me be a proper 50-year-old. Oh, stop to which, it. To which I say now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no this is the new this is 50 is new, 50 is the new 50 okay yeah we're in the new air i am i am in the new era i am embracing it it's i have seen it's new it's different from whatever the golden girls made it look like whatever we mm-hmm. yeah we're we're doing 50 the way we want to do it yeah, yeah yeah so i i i have a whole plan for for my 50th birthday bash i'll tell you about it all later but yes, it, it just came to together um, over really on Thursday. Like I decided to change my life on Thursday. <laughs> she just woke up on Thursday morning. She's like, you know what? Today's the day I'm changing my whole life. Mm-hmm. Today, today, I'm just today I am embracing the bougie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Today today and forever more okay all right yeah well until until i get tired of it, welcome welcome to what we already knew about you okay um, <laughs> i love you're a little video. late to the party yeah yeah you're late to the party which is no surprise per huge if you know yvonne or myself you know this is normal yeah. so um yeah welcome yvonne glad to hey. have you thanks thanks yeah. all right let's get to our chic strategy actual podcast um, so we are so excited to have our very first guest on the Chic Strategy. Let me introduce the fabulous Emma Robertson. So I'm going to give you a brief little bio. It's super amazing. I cannot believe this is our very first guest. I cannot believe this is our first guest. We, oh, you guys. Okay, Yvonne, go. go. Okay. After a brief spell in journalism, 
Emma Robertson sidestepped into television, working first for the BBC in London, where she developed and produced the BAFTA-nominated series, Heston Blumenthal's In Search of Perfection. Stints at all the UK's broadcasters followed, and across the next 10 years, Emma honed her ability to nurture on-screen talent, working with the likes of Jamie Oliver, David Harewood, and Piers Morgan. Good God. Good grief. I'm so impressed. Right, right. But there's more. Okay, go, go, go. (laughs) Emma left television in 2012 to explore her passion for documentary film. She combined this with creating digital content for brands such as Deliveroo, Faden Press, and the London Philharmonic Orchestra. Good God. In search of a grand midlife adventure, Emma moved to the U.S. in 2015, founding Shift Return Digital, her Phoenix-based production company shortly after. Shift Return Digital helps experts and entrepreneurs at any stage of their journey gain camera confidence and unlock their potential in this brand new digital age. Emma! Emma! We need emergency confetti. We do not have emergency confetti. Thank you. My goodness. I'm a little apprehensive that I am not chic enough for your podcast. Oh, you're plenty chic, baby. Well, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. You're very welcome. We are beyond thrilled to have you on the podcast. And we know that social media is not going anywhere. And at some point, we will all need to step in front of the camera. Your expertise in helping our strategists become more confident is desperately and definitely needed. This kind of reminds me of like when we were back in the third grade and you had to give a speech, you know, like they started making you talk in front of the in front of the classroom, you had to give a book report or these sorts of things. And they all said, and we all said, why do we have to do this? And they said, because at some point you're going to have to do this. And then, and then it's probably true. We all had to do this, but now it's like, we're all going to have to get in front of the camera on video and do a thing. Right. Right. And I think you know, camera confidence involves so many different kinds of cameras these days. You know, arguably you need camera confidence to get on a Zoom call. Right. You know, it's everything from getting on Zoom calls these days to, yes, producing stuff with social media, to producing your own courses. I mean, there's so, I mean, I feel like camera cameras are everywhere in a way that they weren't when we were kids. Which I will say, Tuesday is amazing at Reels. Tuesday's super amazing at Reels. Um, <laughs> and I don't know how Miss Tuesday here, our fabulous Tuesday, got so super confident doing these Reels, being on video, but she is definitely an inspiration to me. But do you feel like Tuesday, did you feel like you just had this confidence? Because I feel like, you know, my kid, he's 20, 21. Like these kids were born with these phones in their, you know, taking pictures. Like I remember seeing in my camera roll and I'm like, oh, okay. He took like a million selfies of himself. Like he was just like these kids, just like every mom or every person that has ever given their phone to a kid, they're just like, doop, doop, doop. they're just like so happy to be in front of the camera. But our age group, like all this Gen X kind of age group we kind of have to learn this confidence. Like Tuesday, how did you, were you just born with this? (laughs) 100% not. (laughs) (laughs) 
but I will give some credit to um, having taken some theater classes in high school. Uh, I was a theater kid. And uh, funnily enough, I wasn't really great on stage, like in front of the audience. I was a really great director, but not so much um, in, on the stage. But, you know, being part of a theater class, you have to participate. So I was forced to, <clears throat> excuse me, get up on stage and do things. Uh, I also, in college and then later when I went to law school, again, you have to get up and talk to people, especially if you're, think you're even think you're going to be a lawyer. Um, but I did spend a lot of time. I mean, I spent hours uh, rehearsing how I was going to present to different quote unquote judges because I did a lot of law competitions. Um, and that meant being able to get up, speak. There was a lot of practice of I have a thing where I blink a lot, apparently. Um, so oh. learning how to give a precise argument and hold my face in a particular way that wasn't so distracting. Okay. <laughs> the minute I got out of law school, believe me, I dumped that. But <laughs> but it did come in handy later. And then also just, I, at some point uh, between high school and getting out of college, I had just decided that I wanted more fun out of life and okay. that I wanted to be just a less afraid of doing the things. And so during that time I worked at Starbucks and I was the like barista who would be singing at the top of her lungs, some Aretha Franklin song, even though maybe I wasn't in tune or couldn't hold the key or whatever, but I was having the best time. And so I just started thinking of it. It's just like, well, I'm just having fun here. And I don't really care who sees because a lot of times other people want to have fun too. And when they see you having fun, it's contagious, right? And then they right. want to get in on it or they want to laugh. And I don't care that people are laughing at me. It just doesn't bother me because I feel good. And so I guess part of that has carried over, you know, into this whole social media thing, which I, I love being, I love being on camera. <laughs> I love doing the reels. I love doing YouTube. Um, and, and, you know, and I, I have the same, I think, anxieties that a lot of other people have. Like, how do I look? How am I coming across? You know, but then there has to come a point where just like, eh, I don't care. We're just going to have some fun here and just do the things. I okay. mean, I, think I do this podcast. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, no, I get that. I get that. But it just seems like, you know, um, being camp confident on video it can be cumbersome overwhelming you know there's no um it's kind of like I, I've worked with Emma before Emma and Miguel and I feel like I struggle with there's no feedback the camera doesn't give you feedback and you know when you're presenting in a theater format or like I did a lot of education so I had in-person education. So I had all these people and I'm getting feedback from them. And to me, I found that to be really difficult to translate onto camera because it's just most times you and the camera, you know, and like you, you're doing, you do your reels. It's just you and the camera. You really don't have a producer, somebody, <laughs> you know, directing you. It's just you and the camera. And how do you how do you get the confidence to turn up, 
as Emma says. So, so well, Emma, what is camera confidence and why does being confident on camera matter? I mean, camera confidence is, I guess it, it is in the name to feel, to feel confident on camera, but I actually think that it's actually confidence. I, I think we all, we all look out to social media and we all have an idea about what confidence looks like. And often it's being shiny or even a little bit, dare I say it, extroverted or silly or like just out there. We, we look and we define confidence as that. Whereas I don't think confidence, being confident on camera is that at all. I think being confident on camera is about, come, is about presenting yourself in a way that feels authentic to you, even if it doesn't look like anybody else and how they turn up that's how I think of cam camera confidence it's almost having the confidence to turn up just just as yourself it it's so interesting that you say that because I watch different all kinds of videos as we all do these days right and you see these people and you're like okay I need to do that thing that that person right did. Where I, I look out to, you know, and I look out with a kind of professional eye and I'm seeing hundreds and thousands of people all looking the same. Whereas I don't think that's an illustration of confidence at all. That's an illustration of an ability to mimic someone else. Which of course <laughs> is the beginning. It's the beginning of gaining confidence with anything. You know, the first step is always, okay, mimic someone that you think is confident. But I think true camera confidence is this is who I am and the gap between who I am in person and who I am on camera has shrunk completely. And to me, that is true camera confidence. So when you're seeing all these people kind of doing the same thing or all whatever. Doing the same thing. The pointing, <laughs> the, the, the audio syncs, the, all of that stuff. Do you think that that is everybody kind of saying, okay, I need to be like, whatever my thing is, whatever my, whatever I'm trying to do on social media, right? Whatever I'm trying to teach or sell or what have you, they just keep doing that thing because everybody's doing that thing. They just kind of make it work until they figure it out. I, I think so. I mean, I think it's a step along the pathway to figuring out camera confidence, but um it's funny. I actually want to go back there because you said something interesting. You know, we're all we're all getting on we're all getting on camera these days, and we have our intention, whether that's to sell something, whether that's to be affirmed in some capacity. I mean, we all have our reasons to get on camera. Um, I think likes and selling things are the almost the the least important reason to get on camera. I think the biggest reason nowadays is that being on camera gives you the opportunity to speak for yourself. Mm. Because let's face it, we live in a time in which everyone is forming a judgment of you somehow, whether you're on social media or not. Being Having the confidence to get on camera and truly turn up as yourself, you're taking back the control. You're taking, you're able to say who you are directly. It's not bouncing through other people. And I think that's the largest reasons to, to, to gain camera confidence is that you get to take back your message. You get to speak for yourself in a way that wasn't possible 10, 10 15 years ago. 
So yes, 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 the likes and the selling and everything else is there. But I think that's the primary reason I I would always encourage people to do it. Um, is the wow, you get you get to speak for yourself. That's really, really important. You're getting to like put your own narrative out there. Right. You're getting to to put your own narrative out there. Because yes, everybody is making a narrative up about you anyway. This is so true. <laughs> so, so why not take control of that? Do you equate camera confidence as being authentic? I do. Very okay. simply. Very simply. Yeah. Okay. So then it does go into my into the next question. How do you get camera confident? How does that right. happen? <laughs> well, it's really funny. And I want to come back to some things that Tuesday said, because in her beautiful anecdote was a lot of the clues to becoming camera confident. Um, Tuesday started off by saying, well, she did theater in college and mm -hmm. or, or high school, forgive me. And if you've ever done any kind of uh, theatrical arts, you know, there's an element of that where you are taught how to do it. So there is an element of learning some very, very practical skills. There are, and, and I think that's maybe one of the big differences and one of the things that I like to offer people is some practical tips. There are very ordinary down-to-earth tips, things that you can learn and do. But the second part of that, and Tuesday also mentioned it, is the practice. So simply practicing those tips, those skills over and over again will get you camera confident. And I think over time, because again, I think we have this perception that uh, people get on camera and they're fully formed and fully brilliant. Well, it's like everything else. It's a skill. So there's a learning curve. But you'll only sort of mount that curve and get the other side of it if you practice. So to me, it's twofold. There are some tangible skills you can learn to be more camera confident, to close the gap between who you are in person and who you are on camera. And there's a whole lot of practice. Just simply exposure will get you better for sure. So do you think that like this practice, we never have to, we just practice. You never have to like put it out in the world, right? No, absolutely not. And and one of the first things I actually do with people when I'm working with them is I will get them to, and, and your listeners can do this too, is that you have to, first of all, know what your obstacles are. I think we don't, often we don't know ourselves and we certainly don't know ourselves when we get on camera because often the version we see of ourselves on camera is actually very different from who we are on person in person rather. And I find that over and over again is sometimes I'll meet someone and they're so confident and I put them in front of camera and that confidence just disappears immediately. So the first thing that anyone has to find out is, yes, you have to know who you are in person, not on camera, but you also have to determine who you are on camera. And that starts by just filming yourself. Oh. Just film yourself with no one watching and then look back at what you filmed. What do you notice about what you do? And everyone's got something, whether it's their voice goes quiet or they start doing weird body language or they forget what they want to say or everybody has a something that happens when the camera is on them. Um, and But you have to identify that first of all. What are my things? What are my obstacles? What are the things I consistently do? 
Um, and, and Tuesday, actually, you mentioned an interesting one, too. You discovered that you blink in an unusual fashion. <laughs> this is true. And right? I've, so I've you determined, it. okay, I know that when I get on camera or when I'm under extreme pressure or observation, which is what you are under when you are on camera, I do this. So the first step to camera confidence is just de determining what is it that I do when I am on camera, what weird thing. And then it's about going about and addressing each of those things, because most of us have a great long list, one at a time. So it's a very, it, there's a process. And I, th I think it's, I really want people to take that home is, and again, I think it's maybe the influence of digital natives where we think everybody's turning up fully formed and we're forgetting that actually there is a long road that ahead. you have to, ahead that you have to take to be camera confident. And that's okay. That is true of famous people. I've, I've even worked with, interestingly, I've worked with actors that in a documentary setting that were so unaccustomed to turning up as themselves that I almost had to strip, I had to strip the artifice away. So everybody has a something, no matter how exposed you are to camera. So the first step is always to determine what is that something? What is it that I'm doing? Hmm. Okay. And then because it, I'm thinking like all my, my brain is going. <laughs> good, 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 good. Yes. So as I've seen other um, kind of like quote unquote coaches in your space on, uh -huh. on social, right? right. They're an anchor or, you know, in, in front of the camera in that space, like here uh, on seventh <laughs> and whatever. <laughs> there has been a crash, you know, whatever, however it is they they're doing. And then they decide whatever, for whatever reason, they're getting out of that field or they got pushed out of that field. However that works. Now they're going to teach the masses how right. to do this, how to, yeah. to, to, to be yeah. in front of the camera. Right. But it sounds like when they do it, it's very, the, the great emphasis on strategy and doing it certain ways gets away from the fact that at the end of the day, this is a form of communication and people want to connect with people. That means you, that means your glorious individual self. And that's where I think maybe my approach is a little bit different than some of the other coaches on, on, on the internet. I love Sorry. this because um, I watch two YouTubers. I used to watch two YouTubers who um, in the beginning of their journey had mentioned that they took all these coaching lessons from newscasters or whatever. And to me, I, well, I loved their channels. They came off so kind of stoic and a little cold and like kind of disconnected from the things they were talking about. Wow. I, I think the only thing I can say, and I'm always sort of rolling through my data bank of, of memories of working with lots of people. I think men assume they're going to have no problems with it. Ah. And then normally their, their confidence is unraveled very quickly. Oh. Whereas women tend to approach a camera knowing, like with all sorts of lack of confidence. Hmm. 
So I definitely noticed that is that most, I mean, I've, I've, it's even caused me sort of production problems because, you know, I'll book a handful of hours to work with a man and I'll think, well, that's, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll be sort of very confident. Oh, we'll only need two hours and this will be fine. We'll be able to handle it. And then you put him in front of camera and he completely blows through those two hours and it pushes into eight. So I, I do think there are gender differences around this. I have no idea why other than the usual gender differences around. Okay. This. I wanted to ask that question. I don't, I didn't think that was a question I was going to ask you, but it kind of came up as I'm, you know, just the whirl in my mind as you're speaking. And I just made me think, oh, is our men quote unquote better at this? Um, so, I don't know whether I'm overgeneralizing, but this is what I have observed is that men don't suffer from the confidence to get on camera, but generally what they lack is a clarity of thought. Mm. So they'll be all confident to get on camera, but what they're saying isn't clear. Whereas I find women, it's the opposite. And I, I think it might, it might have something to do with, if you're a woman, you know, you have to turn up to every occasion having done your homework. So normally women are very clear with what they want to say, but they lack the confidence to say. Okay. Okay. That's the so two biggest problems I normally see, and they normally fall down gender lines. Okay. That makes sense. It, I, one of the things that I learned when I was educating is uh, you have to be specific to be terrific. So I'm trying to get to the point when I'm teaching a thing, I'm trying not to go on too long, which I could have a tendency to do. And, but you have to be specific to be terrific. And I feel like maybe you're right. You're probably right about that yeah. for men. Yeah. Men just, do, they don't even think they need to do that work. And normally it becomes very evident very quickly. And I think you have to be quite discerning when you watch people these days, because I think people can come across as really, really confident. But if you listen very closely to their message, it's gobbled and indistinct. I think we're also at a point where we've got to kind of use some a bit more critical thinking as we watch people on camera. So yes, they might be sounding confident, but are they confident with what they're saying? Is it really clear? So again, you know, camera confidence is turning up authentically, but it's also turning up authentically and saying something that's clear and coherent. Meaningful, whatever that Meaningful, may be. Purposeful. Right. I think that was when I understood that really, really well when we were working together and doing our reels that we've done. I mean, you know that I know what I'm talking about, right? But oh, yeah. you really made me as a producer, you made me really like, okay, and then how do you make it smaller? And then how do you make that message smaller? And okay, what is the exact, what are we getting at here with this brush? What is the main thing that we're getting at here right. with this brush? And Boy, I will tell you, that is a lesson in, I mean, I thought I was pretty specific, but whoa, <laughs> it was just, it was even more specific than that. Yeah. And, and it is just a lesson in really being, like you said, purposeful with what it is that you right. want to get on here and say. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think you're pointing to two things which I want to point out is that uh, there is actually a lot of preparation in coming off on camera seemingly spontaneously. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. There's a, and again, you can look at people and think that, you know, they're not practicing or there's, you know, they haven't thought about what they want to say, but the people that are really, really good on camera have actually put enormous amounts of time in both on what they want to say and how they want to say it. So I think that's a very important thing to know about being on camera. And the second thing uh, you pointed to, which is more about the education piece is that um, it really pays to understand all of these different platforms and the regulations attached to all of these different platforms. You know, understanding that a reel is a maximum of 90 seconds and that, you know, it's shot vertically. So where are you positioned in that frame? You know, there's a lot of kind of very practical knowledge that once you have it, you can start to shape and create your message relative to that platform. And again, the people that are doing camera, the camera well these days understand that. They understand the, fra the framing and the conditions under which they have to turn up. Do you think if you're just starting in this, I want to be on, I want to be on video. I want to yeah. do the things. I have something to say, yes, <laughs> whatever that, those things. Yeah, <laughs> whatever that something is, I don't care what it is. I mean, it could be even, you know, to this degree, an activism thing, you know, uh, mm -hmm. talking about activism in some way, shape or form. Do you think it's better to maybe stick to one platform and get really good at that or in practice in that realm? Like if it's, Instagram, if it's YouTube, if it's TikTok, because they're all relatively, they're different in, in, in aspects, right? Right, right. I think everything starts with, and, and I'm not a social media strategist, so they're right. going to have their own opinions on that. I would say it, it starts with, like everything starts with understanding your audience because it's not only about you. I mean, communication in all forms is a two-way street, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So before you figure out what platform you want to be on, obviously I would run through, am I comfortable being on YouTube? Am I comfortable being on, you know, whatever you feel drawn to. But I think one of the biggest questions you have to ask yourself is where, where is my audience? What, where who, are my people? Who are my audience? Mm -hmm. Who are my people? And where where do they spend most of their time? And I would focus on that platform solely. And I would, in my experience, and and I have to say, I've been behind the camera for 20 years. So in the last sort of three to six months is the first time in my, curiously, my first television job was because they thought I should be on camera but I shied away with it. So in the last three to six months has been the first time I've been in front of camera. Um, I chose Instagram for, for, a, for the reasons I'm encouraging your, your listeners to is because I figured out who, who am I speaking to? Who do I want to speak to? And where do I think they will be? Got it. I love it. And there's a tip. What advice are you giving everyone else for being confident? We teach what we need to learn. 
So the reason I'm so intimate with this subject is, well, obviously, yes, I've been doing it for 20 years and I've, I've helped lots and lots of people turn up on camera more confidently, but largely, you know, that now is about, well, actually turning that on myself. And I think what you're touching upon, she says, is just another beautiful thing about doing this exercise is that everything you face that you're scared about, wow, when you face it down and you actually do it, the true confidence you get from doing it is really what matters. And that, mm. that goes beyond any platform. Yeah, You know, you'll probably find you start turning up to meetings differently or in your relationships differently. I mean, that's the that's the wonderful thing about trying this. Yeah. And so I have to ask, um, how are you feeling now? Like after these six months or so, you know, being in front of the camera, how, 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 how does it feel? Oh, it, it feels wonderful for so many reasons. Firstly, because I do feel like I finally listened to myself, put into action everything I know. I have discovered the internet is a far less scary place than we initially imagine. Um, and I think and maybe some of your listeners, their initial fears will be, oh my goodness, people will think I'm silly or I look bad or I, you know, I'll get loads of hate comments. I have gotten nothing, nothing like that at all. Um, it has been wonderful to connect with people all around the world. I mean, all of these benefits that I didn't immediately imagine would happen. It's been really, really fun. And uh, it has a lovely, I don't know what's going to happen next quality <laughs> about it, which it is does. another terrific reason to do it. Yeah. I love this. I, I absolutely love this. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's interesting that you say that, Emma, that we all think, oh, or you get loads of hate comments, you know, we're going to get all these hate comments. And I, uh, we have a friend in common, Joni, and she's all over the internet, you know, <laughs> all over the internet. Yeah. It's been Joni all is OG, OG social media. A hundred percent. And I knew her back in the day when she was rigging her monitors and camera and doing a, a food show on YouTube and recipes and the whole thing. And I would see the behind the scenes and I'm like, good God, that's a lot of work. And she, you know, do her thing, do her thing, do her thing. And, you know, she got a lot of comments and they were all just like about the recipe or whatever, you know? And then as time, I mean, it was many years before somebody, some dumb dude on YouTube had some horrible, like it wasn't even that horrible. It was just stupid comment about like, oh, here's a middle-aged housewife trying to do whatever. And I was like, first of all, she's far from middle-aged because she was still like in her mid thirties at that point. <laughs> so sir, you don't know, not know what middle age looks like. And I don't see you up here trying to do a recipe or anything else for that matter, you know? And it was like the first comment. And then somebody said, because of course I was doing her hair all kinds of like different ways. And somebody was like, oh, I'll, I, I prefer your hair this way. Great. I'll take that under advisement. <laughs> kind of thing like that. And, yeah. but mostly she's getting more people that are, you know, people are drawn to her and the work that she does now because she is who she is completely unapologetically herself yeah she's yeah. another terrific example of what we're talking about 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a there's a there's a interesting thing that you said there, which I want again to emphasize so people understand that. I think people do think, oh my goodness, the moment I put a video up, everyone's going to see it. And the, the reality is no one will. <laughs> For a very long time. Agreed. That is amazing news. Because it means you can practice in public freely. <laughs> it's got to be a long time before anyone has something terrible to say about you, if they ever do. So that's a good thing. Yeah. You can take that worry completely off your list. I think I would be more, it, I'm kind of thinking of this whole Rachel Hollis kind of situation where, I mean, she's had a lot of hate. But it wasn't so much about it was I, it really had to do with her authenticity and her lack of being aware of what she was saying, who she may have been hurting. And that's where the hate came from. It had nothing to do with the shit in the background or what her face looks like or, you know, anything like that. It was her lack of awareness and and I think who is this person you know who is she we thought she was this now this now this and so really who are you and then I think that's where she started to get a lot of um and this is just me personally lamenting about this because I've kind of followed her her track as and I think that it, it's it's interesting because now that we're talking about this, it had nothing to do with how she looks. Of course, she got, of course, people are always going to comment about that. I mean, whatever, right? But it, mo everything that was uh, the hate around her was about her lack of self-awareness and who is this person? We thought you were this, now you're this. But are you really this? So we don't trust you. Right. It comes, I mean, I'm so glad you said and used the word trust. I think that's an enormous part of it. Because also if you're turning up in a way that is not true to who you are, that is exhausting over a period of time. Ooh, and, and, and it will, right. And it will wear away. And how you turned up in your first video is not how you turned up in your 30th. And people really can pick up on that. They might not be able to put words around it, but they will notice it and their trust in you will fade. So yet more of a reason to just hit them with who you are from the get-go. Even if you're working out what that is, be off camera before you post anything. Mm -hmm. but yeah, you, you've said it beautifully, Yvonne. Authenticity is key because of trust. And particularly if you're looking for this video to, to, to do work for you, whether it's selling something or, you know, you're, you're trying to promote an idea or an, or a cause all the, all the more reason to turn up as who you are. Okay. So with all this authenticity, I have some very, I have a very practical question. Go for it. So we, Tuesday and I always talk about like, obviously beauty, hair, style, fashion, all that stuff do what what should one do is there a way to be to look I love that you asked and I thought you might 
<laughs> okay, there's a couple of things to say on this. And we've touched upon it already is the first thing to know. And I have made a video on this if anyone wants to go to my, uh, my Instagram channel, but, um, people are not noticing the same things about you as you are about yourself. So okay. you turn up and that is because our brain gets rid of unnecessary information to us. So if I have no interest in uh, bangs, I'm not going to notice that you have bangs and that your bangs are out of place that on any given day. Okay. So that's the first thing to know. There is some glorious neuroscience that actually works in our favor. So yes, we can be worried about how we look, we look on camera, but mostly people won't notice. Okay. That is so good to know. Yes. It's such a, yeah, such a wonderful piece of science that I think is very important to understand. The second thing I would say um, is I would always encourage people to do whatever they feel necessary to turn up on camera more confidently. And okay. if that means turning up with a full face of makeup, with lighting, with their hair a particular way, go for it. But I would always say do it within reason. If it's not how you normally turn up, then maybe you want to back it up. But if it gives you the confidence you need to turn up on camera, go for it. Okay. The other thing I would say is that, and you guys know this more than I do, is that clothes communicate authority. Yeah, I find that. I don't know why I find that so difficult, but I, I tend to find that so difficult. I'm just so, staring right. at the circle. Okay, so my suggestion to you, I'm going to take a guess that it's because you're not clear on what you want to talk about. Because what happens with people is when they're not clear on what they want to talk about, their eyes go right or they go left. They start thinking. Yeah. And the yep. moment you do that is the moment that your attention is broken or your, your connection is broken with the person on the other side of the camera. So if you know you do that, which is something you're going to obviously determine when you do your, your trial video at the beginning, but if you determine that that's something you do, then you're going to know, okay, I, I want to maintain eye contact. So I got to be really clear on what I want to speak about before I hit record so that okay. that is less likely to happen. Yeah, I think that it is, um, it's really interesting that you say that because I remember when we were going to do a course and I knew exactly what I was going to say. I mean, obviously I was doing work and I was showing things and I would like look at the camera and do things, you know, talk to nobody and you and Miguel, <laughs> I was, and I felt really good about it, but I, it's because I knew exactly, but there okay. are times when I've worked with you guys and I'm like, and I fucking lost what I was going to say. <laughs> you know, camera confidence is a lot about just knowing what you want to say. Do, doing that homework ahead of time. If you really, what I've also determined is that if people don't know enough about what they want to say, so they're feeling a little bit fraudulent. Okay. Um, or they're not clear on what they want to say that can affect confidence enormously. Or if they haven't claimed their authority mm. over their knowledge, that is another thing that can wear camera confidence down. So making sure you know your subject inside out before you take it to camera is, is a really important thing. That'll already get you, get you some way to camera confidence. Filling in any gaps if you don't. Um, 
deciding you know enough to get on camera. So claiming your own authority is another thing. The amount of women I've had to work with on that point alone, whew, women tend to wait for someone else to tell them they have the authority. That they have, per they're waiting for permission. They're waiting for permission. They're waiting for someone else to say, you know what, you know enough now to get on camera. I'm afraid you could be waiting forevermore. <laughs> you have to be the one to decide that you know enough. Yeah, like there's not a certificate right in now. the mail, right? There's not a, there. you could have a certificate and still be like, nope, I don't know. Right. I, I don't know. And so you really have to decide that. Agreed. Agreed. That's, you that's have a to decision that, that comes from you and no one else. Yeah, you just wake up on Thursday morning and decide that. <laughs> just wake up. You're going to just decide, oh, this is, I know this thing now and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. Exactly. Or I exactly. know enough. I know enough because yeah. of course you're considering your audience. So chances are, you know, fractionally more than your audience, which is all you need to know is fractionally more than your audience. So I think that's a really important piece of it too, particularly with women. They can have all the certificates. They can have all the years of experience, but try getting them to claim any authority in their subject matter. Ooh, that's tough. And I spend a lot of time convincing them that that is a decision they have to make. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that I personally know plenty about because I've struggled with that. Um, and just telling you, like telling myself, first of all, I know more than my audience, which is like you said, all you really need. Um, and then just leaning into the fact that I know a lot <laughs> and, and I'm an authority in this subject. Um, even though there's no, there's no certificate, there's no piece of paper, but 15 years will, will get you that. Yeah. So to just be able to say, okay, I can go out and speak about this thing with authority um, because I have all these years ex of experience behind me, but that's, um, that is something that I struggled with. And so I understand this, this point. Right. Right. And of course there are all sorts of things you can do to communicate authority. I mean, clothing can be helpful there. There are all sorts of things you can do with your voice. There are all sorts of things you can do with your posture and your body, which communicates authority. So even if you get like 98% of the way to claiming your authority, and then you learn a few of these tips and tricks to get you over to the, over to a hundred, that's okay. Mm -hmm. I'm just, it would seem it's such a great shame to me that I see so many women sitting on so much knowledge and experience and that they, they lack, they lack that confidence. They lack that uh, willingness or courage to claim their authority. And so they just silence to put themselves, themselves out there. Yeah. And that's where we, no one is silencing us now. There are all the tools. So if you are still silent, it's because you're keeping yourself there. Oh, I love oh, that, that is, so much. I was going to say that was so powerful. Oh, like I want to cry now. That's so good. <laughs> well, it makes me cry, which is why I do this work. You know, I haven't been the most vocal person in my life. And to finally have found my voice and to see the power in using it and now have the chance to help other people use theirs, that's very important work. So I want to hear from as many people as possible. Wow. 
Yeah. That's love it. Yeah. Hey there, strategists. We totally appreciate you listening and supporting the podcast. Tuesday and I created this podcast to empower women to own every space through beauty, fashion, and style. We absolutely love serving you the latest beauty and fashion strategies every week. But we also know you want more information on becoming the glam in the room. Well, do not fret. We've got you covered. Head over to Patreon and for as little as $3 a month, you can access our style guides and bonus content that we release to our Patreon strategist first. Check the show notes for a link to our Patreon page. As always, thank you for listening and thank you for becoming a Patreon strategist. Now back to the episode. Okay, we are back. Emma, this has been such a helpful conversation. Um, If you could help our strategists out, can you let them know what it is they should do to become more confident on camera? I can. I think the first thing I want to say in answering that question is if your listeners have even the tiniest inclining that they might want to get on camera, they should explore that inclining. That's the first thing. I think a lot of us just think, oh no, that's for other people. So you're telling them to just get out there and do it. If you have the inclining, if you have the the desire, then definitely explore it. That's the first thing I want to say for sure. And then I think the the follow-up to that is yes, get out there and do it and do it again and do it again and do it again. Practice is everything with camera confidence. It's a skill and like every other skill to get really good at it, you just have to do a lot of it. Okay, I love that. Yeah, I'm I'm down. I used, I had this teacher in high school that used to say, um, practice doesn't make perfect, it makes permanent. So I love the tip that you gave earlier that practice, do put yourself on film, look at the things that you don't love and then work on that and then practice work on that one practice don't doing that that is that is the like this is the wondrous thing this technology is free it's in our (laughs) pockets (laughs) you can practice it at no cost and you can do it every you know film like decide on what you want to say it doesn't have to be anything big it doesn't have to be anything meaningful in the first instance just have a little something you want to say and record yourself saying it every day for 30 days. But the trick is at the end, say you do it in the morning, you have to look at it in the evening. Look at yourself, be prepared to look at yourself back. Like you said, Yvonne, determine what you're not. And then I'm not being like really confident and comfortable with, you know, oh, your hair looked bad or "I'll, I'll fix it tomorrow. I'm not talking about that sort of stuff. I'm asking you to be observant of any stress responses you have. Anything that is... Uh, deterring you from turning up fully as yourself. We want to get rid of all those stress responses. That's the work that you'll do across the next 30 days. Okay. I like one it. One thing at a time. One thing. One thing. So it's kind of like getting on camera and you know that you're constantly looking to the left or to the right or what right. have you. So you're going to work on eye contact. So just observe every single day as you do it across 30 days, one additional thing that you seem to do. And you're working on that the next day. 
I mean, and maybe you need to work on it for a few days before you've solved that particular problem. Mm -hmm. I mean, the other thing to say is that you never reach full camera confidence. I think it's something, <laughs> I, you know, it's not a place you land uh -huh. because as human beings, we're not static. We're uh -huh. always changing. I mean, women know that more than anything. You know, if we change a hairstyle and we don't suddenly feel like <laughs> ourselves, and then we have to renegotiate our confidence again. Yeah. And I think it's exactly the same with turning up on camera. Be prepared to go on a journey with this for a considerable amount of time, but stick with it because the world needs what you have to say. And surely a little discomfort along the way is, is worth it for finally being able to use the thing that you were given. I mean, so I love this so much. This is so inspiring to me. So, <laughs> I'm so I mean, and especially as women, I mean, we just came off of International Women's Day not too long ago. And especially as women, having your voice heard and for how many eons of years women have been working to get their voice heard, there is no time like the present. There is, I mean, like you said, we have infinite free film on, <laughs> on the iPhone or the Android or whatever it is you're using. And you don't have to put it out there or you can, but you can become more comfortable getting your voice out there and letting people know what it is that you want to say. Because like you said, our voices need to be heard. And if you're out there, one of those people saying, I never, you never get to hear women our age or our, uh, you know, whatever talking about xyz well i don't know sister put yourself on camera and right. talk about time, it time to change the narrative mm -hmm. yeah. yeah like maybe you're the person whose voice needs to be heard yeah maybe you are that person voice yeah exactly i mean because how many times i mean choosy and i have talked about this as well there are not enough women in our age group talking about different things that are happening with our bodies and why is it a big secret is anybody talking about it am I the only one that has questions I don't know and little by little I keep seeing you know premenopausal perimenopausal hormone things and great thank you because this is the information that I needed and thank you for giving me some information putting me in a direction where I where I can help myself and teaching me how to be an advocate for myself with various doctors and different things like that. Because I think as women, we're just not really taught to do those and speak, do those things, advocate for ourselves with doctors. I mean, Tuesday and I have talked about this on podcasts prior and speaking up and saying what we need to say. And I love your message. It's, 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 it's so inspiring regardless if you put if you put your first few videos out or not right it doesn't matter because I and I said it earlier the experience of getting on camera and thinking about what you want to say and overcoming the obstacles to do to doing so it transcends your Instagram account it transcends mm -hmm. YouTube it transcends a like or a nasty comment 
it will spill over into your life. And you will, like you said, Yvonne, you will start to act differently in your own life. And that's the real power here. That's what what we all want. Yeah, I love that. Do you have any other tips or tricks um, for our strategists as far as being camera confident? Well, I'm going to direct you all to my Instagram page where I have a whole ton because there's just, it's so strange. It's maybe like being hairdressers or stylists, you know, you've probably got a bunch of things that you just know how to do because (laughs) you face so many problems in the moment. And that's the interesting thing about being a television producer coming from that background before digital media, where everything was so costly, you know, film was expensive. The, the you know the crews were enormous so you learned very early on if you had a tricky actor or you had someone not performing my god did you learn a way of fixing that so everything that I ever learned on set is what I share with people now okay and that's all on your Instagram it's all on my Instagram because there's so many different things I could go into including using your voice or your posture or I mean there's so many things but um Maybe the thing I will say, the one last thing that I will say, I don't often, I, I've, I've always been kind of like, Ooh, when I think about the saying, um, fake it till you make it. Like mm-hmm. every time I hear that, I want to go, <laughs> that's garbage. Okay. That's rubbish. But there is an exception to it. And that okay. is turning up on camera. For the longest while, you will have to act as if you are confident. And maybe this brings us back to the beginning of our conversation where we were mentioning like all the other people that seem confident on camera and everybody mimics them in the first instance. Mm -hmm. And there's a place for that. If that gets you out of the gate, go for it. But the goal will always be is to drop the things that are not authentic to you in order to get truer to who you are. I love it. I love it so much. Um, what is your Instagram, Emma, so that everybody can go check it so out? And it follow is, you? Uh, so it's my production company. So it's at shift underscore return underscore digital. I love it. So yeah, everybody go check out Emma's Insta page. Um, and I, I presume we'll see you see your face there on camera being you see confident. my face all over like all over it <laughs> all over it everything I am telling you I by god have I faced myself <laughs> love it that's awesome uh Emma it's been so great having you on the podcast we are so glad that you made chic strategy history by being our very first guest I wouldn't have it any other way honestly it is My favorite time for the podcast, it is glam time. This is the portion of the podcast where we rave about what makes our lives more glamorous. And so usually Tuesday starts us off, but since we have a guest, I'm I'm going to be very hospitable and let our guest start us off. Emma, what is making your life more glam this week? I love this question. And, um, I don't feel dressed unless I am wearing mascara. Oh! I will even put mascara on to walk around the house by myself. I love this. And because of my love of mascara, I have tried a bunch over the years. 
And uh, I've tried all sorts of things. I've tried the lash, the fake lashes, the, the clip-on lashes. Yes, the- you were the one. All the things. Oh, that's right. I used to get extensions. I thought they were great until I started having allergies. So they looked amazing. Francis. I've gone around the houses with the lash. I Several years ago, and I have been very loyal to it, I stumbled upon Thrive Cosmetics. Okay. And their okay. liquid lash. I think it's called liquid lash. And I love it. And it is the, the it doesn't, there's no dark mess around your eyes. It's quite a clean product. It's easy to come off. Best of all, I love that they give um, every every purchase you make, the money goes to women in some capacity. So I love that they have a kind of, um social enterprise element to it so yes uh thrive cosmetics liquid lash mascara every day makes my life more glamorous i love this and i have heard so much about this um about this mascara i have not tried it Mm. but uh now i am super tempted (laughs) to purchase it I have it on, like, I have very little, very few things in my life on regular order. You know, they're like every two, oh, Yvonne, I've watched your reel about changing your mascara every, every three months, was it? Three months, three months. Yeah, okay. three months. So I have liquid lash mascara on order every three months. Oh, lovely. Good. See, this is a great way to have, to make sure that you are changing your mascara every three months because you just get a new one and you're like oh I got a new one time is it all the old one out mm-hmm. this yeah. is perfect I love and this we've, we've been we've been talking a lot about eyes lately eyebrows eyelashes last week our glam time both of our um or no 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 not last week uh a couple weeks back both of us had glam times that revolved around lashes because Yvonne you had the lash lift and tint and then I yes. talked about merit mascara it's on my mind because I think it's the latest podcast that went up but oh yeah. okay so we are big like all things eyes <laughs> yes 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 and I know that this Thrive Cosmetics it's like c-a-u-s-e or I don't know how to spell it but like cause because they yeah. do give back they give back and it's like you know not nasty to animals and all the things all the good things yeah all All the the things things. you want out of a a cosmetic for sure I love it okay how did you come across it Emma the goodness I've been using them for years maybe three or four years I've been very diligently using this mascara and maybe it was social media in the first instance okay Because I feel like they're a social media, quote unquote, social media brand. Right. You do see them everywhere. Yeah. Um, I've tried other bits and pieces from them, but I don't think it comes close to this mascara. Okay. Yeah. And you have to get, it's a different substance. I mean, I don't actually quite know what it's made of, but it it is, it has a very kind of, this is going to sound weird, but a plasticky feel to it. Hmm. Um. It's not like uh not like the not like the mascara of old. It's a completely different material. Okay, but now it, I'm it really wears, it wears really well. Unlike all sorts of other mascaras that get affected by you might sweat or you know, if it rains, it it, it smudges. This does not smudge. This is what I've heard. I've heard that it does it, mm-hmm. it this this mascara mm-hmm. does not move yeah. until you take it off. I mean, they- 
claim that it's supposed to be as close as possible to 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 fake lashes. I mean, you could I feel like everything you could go over the top with it and like start layering it on and it looks crazy. But um I I I'm like one one go of it, one one layer of it. Um, one swipe. <laughs> one swipe. And it's good. Okay. We like it. I like it. Awesome. All right, Tuesday. What what's on your docket for this week? Okay. Um, this is the thing that I was going to talk about last week. And then I was like, no, I'm going to save it. Oh, okay. Um, this is the elf skin blemish. Oh no, no, no. Elf. It's okay. Division is elf skin as opposed to like makeup or anything else they do. It is the acne clarifying cleanser. Um, it has 1% salicylic acid acne treatment, uh, with niacinamide, niacinamide. Plus zinc PCA. Uh, y'all niacinamide is the magic ingredient right now mm-hmm. it comes in this like, I've been I've been saying this for I don't know how long now. you haven't yeah. and it really it really is it's the savior to my skin mm-hmm. um it comes in this little green bottle I'm typically very ambivalent about cleansers mm. as long as they get the stuff off my face I don't really care okay but I decided when I bought this that I just wanted something different. I had been using Neutrogena. I had used uh, La Roche-Posay or however you pronounce it. Um, I needed something that was not super expensive, something I didn't have to order that I could just get from Target or Walmart and something that also had some kind of acne treatment in it because I had been dealing with the craziest hormonal breakouts over the last year. And so I saw this on the shelf it was the right price. I bought it. This has been a game changer. This is probably one of the first cleansers that I've been like, wow, this is a good cleanser. Okay. It doesn't strip, but it gets everything off. I, I really love it. This is, this has been really good. And how did you pick that up? Wandering in the aisles at Target as I do. Okay. Okay. Good to know. I didn't know if that came across, that came a part of your makeup haul situation no 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 no, no, no. okay I actually uh purchased this before our makeup haul I've been using this for probably about a month I'm probably two-thirds through okay yeah so nice I am what what prompted you to pick it up like I said I I was I was out of my old cleansers and I was dealing with some breakouts knew I needed something maybe a little stronger than what I've been using. Because like I said, I'm very ambivalent about cleansers. I just kind of pick up whatever looks happy. This had the salicylic acid in it. It had the niacinamide in it and the price was right. It was on the shelf as I was browsing around and I thought, eh, let's give this a shot. Okay. And I happened to be very much in love with it where I think I will probably repurchase it. That is amazing. I, if a repurchase is a good, like that's a stamp. That's of, a good sign. Yes, stamp exactly. Yes. yes, for sure. I was just wondering if you had like TikTok researched this thing at nope. all. Okay. 100% just was browsing the shelves at Target and saw it. It fit, checked some boxes for me. And I said, okay, we're going to give it a try. And I ended up being very pleasantly surprised. Okay, good job. And what is this? called again one one last it's time it's the um uh, elf skin it's the acne clarifying cleanser 
Okay, good to know. And it's what, like 10 bucks? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. All right. So I have a pair of shoes that is on my glam time this week. And because I'm, I'm leaning into my bougie, right? I'm leaning into the bougie. So Tuesday, I don't know what you're going to say about this, but I, these high heels are, they are fabulous. Okay. So let me, let me describe what I'm seeing here. I'm seeing these beautiful fuchsia. I want to say that's suede or faux suede. Yeah. Let's go with faux. Faux (laughs) Faux suede heels. Those heels have to be three and a half inches. I'd say maybe four. Let's see. Pointy toe. Uh, a point three and a half, three and a half, three and a half inch pointy toe pump. Mm-hmm. They're beautiful. They look like the ones that you sent me in the picture. So well, Yvonne, they, they, they are, <laughs> they, they are. are. Okay. They so, are and and I'm, I'm going to ask you how much they were. So get ready for that. Yeah, that's fine. Yvonne, um, Yvonne texted me over the weekend in this beautiful party dress that she found it's by free people. And it was, it's a strapless little number, mini skirt, floral. It was doing all the things. It was fabulous on her. And she was wearing said shoes in the photo. And then the next text message after I asked her if she had gotten, and she said, yes, was, Oh, I'm going to search tomorrow for a pair of shoes to go with it. So I was thinking she was not going to be purchasing said shoes, but uh, apparently you leaned into your bougie and bought them how much were they oh they were like 39 dollars. oh yeah why did you just buy them to begin with okay this is why because there's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a situation with these shoes so these are charles by charles david so you know not super designer right um the thing was is they were slightly too big when i had went the picture that i sent you they're Mm -hmm. a size eight and a half so they're, and I wear eight, eight and a half, depending on the shoe. Right. So I, when I was standing in the, in the mirror and I was texting you the photo, it was just in the back. I just thought, oh man, there's just a little bit too much of a gap here, you know, where I'm going to be clumping around. And I really like an eight would have been ideal. There might've been slightly too big. But I think an eight would have been ideal. So I said, okay, let me go look for an eight. They don't have a freaking eight in this shoe at Nordstrom Rack. So of course they don't. You know, any other shoe, they would have an eight, but no. So I said, oh, no problem. I have time. Tomorrow morning, I will go. I have a nail appointment and there's a DSW. Certainly they will have a size eight magenta fuchsia high heel they do not okay they had this really fabulous pink which i could have gone with vince camuto high heel it wasn't this color it was a light pink it would have gone but it was like 70 dollars. so i was like oh you were leaning into your bougie i was but but you know what what happened was i didn't love the color was like, yes, I can make that work, but I really was stuck on this color. I was really stuck on this like magenta fuchsia shade. So I thought, eh, if I have to, I'll get these. This is the last, this is the last resort if I have to get these. 
because they were in my side. And so, but let me go over to <laughs> Tempe Marketplace now. And there's a Nordstrom rack there. Surely they will have these Charles David in a size eight or the like. They did not. They did not. Or anything close for that matter, which I was pissed. So, okay, but there's a DSW. Not to worry. I can pick up the Vince Camudos. I'll just lean into it, buy the $70 shoes. It's fine. They didn't have those damn pink shoes there. They had a different pair of fabulous, <laughs> almost like this, so close to this. It had like a scalloped edge. I, I dare to say a little better than these shoes, but I would have bought those. I 100% would have bought those. Didn't freaking have my size. <sighs> So I was like, I mean, they had a size nine. That's going to be way too big. That's like, going to be I, too big. Yeah. yeah. So I was just like, fuck, what do I do? So I had to go do hair. So I said, okay, I'm going to run home, get something to eat, pack my stuff to go do hair. And then I'm going to haul ass to back to the Nordstrom on Frank Lloyd Wright. Oh my gosh. I've been all over God's creation at this point. Looking for a pair of shoes. Okay. I'm going to haul ass back to the Nordstrom Rack at Frank Lloyd Wright, and I'm going to get these shoes. I was on the fence about them, and I had put them in a, they put them in the box, and I set them, like, on a stool, like, you know, where they try on shoes, and maybe they'll be there, maybe they won't. It's not, like, 12, 30, 1 o'clock in the afternoon at this point. I'm like, okay, I'm going to find them, I'm going to find them. So I just start going. Found the box. Yep. These are the ones I just, well, I should say I made a beeline to the jewelry. I was going to say, I know she made a stop in between the shoes yeah. and the checkout. Of course. Of course I did. I didn't need anything, but I bought something. These super cute Kate Spade, big, what statement studs, it like does. you like to say, yeah, they're, they're pink. They're like this kind of pink gold, gold rimmed, very cute. So, okay bought those and then went about my life so then I just said okay well whatever I'll just stuff the toe and I'll be fine that was but, my first thought yeah I'll stuff the toe but my girlfriend that I went to go do her hair she has you can't they you can't the heel the heel things that go in the back to keep yeah but this one is like very thick like oh super thick and cushiony not plat they're kind of like a fabric Okay. And so I was like, oh yeah. When I felt him, I mean, they took up a lot of space. Okay. So I thought, oh, okay, this will be good. Maybe I don't have to stuff the toe. So um, I probably could have stuffed the toe a little, or if I put one of those Vivian Lou things in yeah. here, I think yeah. that would work fine. But I have decided that, so it worked out great. Wore the shoes all night. Didn't take them off once. hundred percent. My feet didn't, I mean, they hurt a little, but not a ton. Danced all night. I climbed stairs in them. I didn't climb down the stairs. I just went up and um, I've decided like these shoes can go with jeans. Oh, 100%. So yeah, you'll be seeing me in these shoes. So Love that's it. that. Uh, you might not be seeing me do hair in those shoes. I will oh, say there okay. is some sort of caveat to, to how far I'll go. Let's be reasonable here, but yes, I fully expect to see you in those shoes uh, when we're like catching dinner or drinks or whatever. 100%, 100%. 100%. That is what's making my life more glam is leaning into the bougie, leaning into my, my, uh, fuchsia high heels. So 
They're pretty fabulous. I do love them. I love a high heel. I can't wear them, but I do love them. I'll I'm just wear them you for said you. said that. Yeah. I, oh, I love the look of them. Yvonne, oh my goodness, they are rock stars. So fabulous. I just, oh my goodness, they're <laughs> so painful. You'd think someone would have designed designed better shoes. Like, oh. I don't know if they have. They're just flat. They're not (laughs) called fabulous. They're not called fabulous. fabulous. Yvonne, are you really serious? Did you do Mm -hmm. all that? No. You uh, danced, you stood, you climbed stairs. Scout's honor. Climbed stairs. I didn't go down the stairs. I just climbed it up once. (laughs) So my husband had to hold my drink because, you know. (laughs) Yes. I all I do have a question. I often mm. notice the gap in people's heels. Mm. Like the, at the back. Mm-hmm. Is that because they're buying bigger so it doesn't hurt as much? Room to expand. Room to expand. No, what usually happens is they didn't account for the fact that their foot was going to slide. So probably when well, they that tried, too. tried on the shoe, it might have fit, but then you know, friction and sweat is happening and you're moving in the shoe, your foot naturally will slide forward in the shoe. And so that a lot of times ends up with gapping in the back. So I, it's very prevalent. Yeah, it is. Well, Megan Markle, not sure how you feel about her being from the UK and all. Um, <laughs> slightly controversial, but not sure if it is or if it isn't. I'm, I'm curiously indifferent. Okay. I actually great. don't have an opinion. No. Okay, no. Great. Great, great. Okay. But anyways, Megan Markle, apparently it's rumored that she will buy or, or will have a shoe that's slightly bigger for expansion because there's a lot of, you know, especially all the standing and shit that these royals do <laughs> you know they're standing at a thing and they're standing they're standing. greeting a gazillion yeah. people and, and it's Kate usually is not- always doing that too like the shoes she wears oh my goodness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think the queen got away with it because you know she's old <laughs> she was old she- right she's the freaking queen she can do whatever yeah. she wants <laughs> But no, I am always, maybe I'm just too comfort orientated, but I, I, I always look at those, those heels and I always look at the Royals and see them standing with Kate, Kate Middleton or whatever she's now called, um, in the new, oh, what is she nude, called now? Kate <laughs> princess? No, yeah, I think she's the princess. I guess she's the princess. Is she the princess of Wales now? You should so. know more this more than we do. I should. But um, I always think, I mean, first of all, her clothes are beautiful. Mm, Agreed. But then there's always this, she's always standing in some cold British town with like (laughs) high heels and no tights on. I'm just, oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. And then I can't do it. I can't do it. I think even remember back in the day, nylons or tights, even then that would kind of suck everything in and then your foot would slide forward yeah yes yeah so but I am gonna get these Vivian Lou's the have you seen the Vivian Lou thing I have okay so they're little inserts and and they're small and apparently you put them at the heel and so it helps your foot to not slide forward 
And so you're not standing on the ball of your foot. It just scientific wise moves the foot a certain kind of way. And then it's supposed to make heels super comfortable. So I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah. I will also say there's a lot to be said uh, for a designer heel versus just like a heel you pick up at, I don't know, wherever. They're, they're designed a little, some of them are designed a little differently because there's something special about putting your foot into Jimmy Choo, as opposed to putting your foot into, yeah, just your regular target heel. It just feels different. Oh, yeah. Okay. I won't write them off so quick. (laughs) I mean, but I did, I promise you a hundred percent. I did all the things that I said, danced, danced all night. I did take them off in the car. Yeah. But by that point I was sufficiently inebriated. Yeah. (laughs) She said plastered. I say inebriated. (laughs) Yeah, you're so, leaning into your bougie lifestyle. So I was like, well, I, fuck it. I can't, I can barely walk. Just not because I, I couldn't barely walk, not because of the heels, but because of the, my state of my physical being actual, you know, inebriation. Oh, <laughs> so, anyway. so Emma, having you on the pod has been an amazing pleasure. We are so glad that you made Chic Strategy History and were our very first guest. Um, you have been so kind to have a giveaway for our strategist. So I'm going to tell you, Emma is offering the first five people who email her a 30-minute camera confidence discovery session. She's going to look at a video that you've made and provide feedback tips. Emma, can you give us a little bit more on what that entails for our strategists? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I'm based in Phoenix, but and I do one-on-one sessions, but I also do virtual sessions, coaching people. Uh, and so this, this discovery session gives you the opportunity, wherever you are in the world, to send me your video, as I've encouraged you to do. So the video that you're going to immediately get off this podcast and shoot for yourself. So you get to send that video to me, and I will look at it with the greatest of compassion, I must say, because yay, you recorded the video in the first place. But I will discuss little things that I observe that you could be you could be working on. Great. So then those practice sessions, you could take one of those things and work on it until you get better. Right, right. So the idea would be you would take you take anything that I tell you, and then you can go on and perfect it across that month. So yeah, absolutely. Awesome. And then if somebody wants to continue working with you, they have the ability to do so. Is that correct? Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as I said, practice is key. And, you know, not everyone has access to another person, a aka a producer to help them get better. So, yeah, I can be there on for any number of sessions to help you get that camera confidence and be able to get out there and be able to share your message because, my goodness, we want to hear it. Okay. Awesome. Tell us how our listeners should contact you so they can send you this, this video. How, where should they send it to? Yeah. So I would love people to reach out via email. So you can email me at Emma at shiftreturndigital.com. Okay. And then again, tell us where you are on social so we can all follow and get all of your fabulous tips. Please do. Please do. So you can find me at shift underscore return underscore digital okay awesome so please if you are so inclined send a video to this for the first five people who email her so 
get that video to her so she can help you become more confident so you can get your message out there. And then be sure to follow her on social and follow all her fabulous tips. So many fabulous tips, you guys. Um, so much information. Just absolutely love it. All right. So this has wraps up this episode of The Chic Strategy. Remember to be the glam on video by turning up on camera and practice, 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 and being your authentic self. Be sure to let us know that you did it. Drop us an email at thechicstrategy at gmail.com or message us on Instagram. Our handle is thechicstrategy, all one word. You can find me, Yvonne, on Instagram at yvonne.style and Tuesday is at from Tuesday. If you are enjoying our show, be sure to share it with a friend or 27. And <laughs> until next week, continue to be the glam in the... You just listened to another episode of The Chic Strategy, produced and edited by your fabulous co-hosts, Tuesday Morris and Yvonne Rosales. In between episodes, you can always head to The Chic Strategy's Instagram page for inspiration and to go behind the scenes. The Chic Strategy is powered by subscribers like you. To keep all of our podcasts free and accessible to everyone who needs some extra glam in their lives, consider becoming a strategist in our exclusive Patreon community. Membership starts at $3 a month, and it's easy to join at patreon.com slash thechicstrategy.